First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're taking a look at our early rankings for the edge rush position in the 2023 NFL Draft Class. If you've been following this podcast for a while, you know that we did something similar for summer scouting before the season, but with the regular season all wrapped up, and for a lot of these guys, some of them have played their last college football game, as they have already declared, we wanted to take a look at a handful of games of so many of these guys and come to a new ranking, if you will. There's new tape. We know there's going to be new rankings. So we're going to give you our top five edge rushers early on in the process. There's still the all-star games. There's still the combine. But from the tape and what we're seeing right now, we want to give you the guys that we like. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys for the final time this week. It's a Thursday episode. And as we've been doing over the last, I'll say, month and a half, we've been leaving the Thursday shows open. Well, Connor, I have a feeling that uh, a lot of these Thursday shows are going to be spoken for because the regular season in college football is over with. And that means, my friend, we get to do what we're doing today. And that is go back, watch a lot of the regular season tape, and come up with some updated rankings for our positions. For the 2023 NFL Draft. Today we've got edge rushers. This was your call to start us off with the edge rushers. And I think it's a good one, my friend. It's a very deep class. And there's a lot of different guys to like. So I'm glad that we're starting out with this one. If I knew just how deep, I would not have made it our first one. I I could keep watching. (laughs) I can keep watching this pass rush class right through the new year. I mean, full transparency, I texted you today and I was like, Dude, I'm in the car home from Connecticut right now, and I have the lab. I made the car into an office. I was watching just to get through more and more of them because every time I got to another guy, he was good. It, so, I, to be honest with you, the top five I'm listing today, there are like six guys that could have been number five. That's how good I think this pass rush class is. There was mm-hmm. all kinds of different flavors in this group. There's star talent. There's complementary talent. Um, Trevor, I, I loved watching this group and I, I mean, I think this is a really, really good edge pass rushing class that I know you and I are, this will not be the last time we talk about them because the combine matters so much for them, the senior bowl, all those things. But man, I don't know if you agree. I, I, I was blown away by this group. 
Yeah, I got through nine guys, and I don't want to say like final reports, but I, yep. I it's kind of like what Dane was talking about when he was on our show a couple of weeks ago. Like, you just want a really good film baseline for these guys as you go into all star season and then combine season, pro days, whatever it is. You just want a really good baseline for film. So, I did that for nine of these edge rushers, and I was telling you in the pre show, there's already a couple of guys that I didn't get to yet that, yep. As we do this again in, say, I don't know, month, month and a half, whenever it is, if we do it right before the combine, if we do it right after the Probably combine. right after. Whatever, whatever, whenever it's the next time we get a full positional ranking reload, I mean, I'm going to have a lot of these guys continue to be to be watched. But we're trying to chug along. We're trying to give you guys this content and a good baseline for uh, for what this edge class is. So we'll structure it just like we did summer scouting. We'll go five to one in ascending order. And then we'll also talk about some of the guys that didn't make the list. Cause I believe you said that you got 12 uh, reports of guys done. I got nine. So I'm sure there's going to be plenty of players that are also very jumbled throughout numbers six through nine, six through 10, whatever it's going to be that we're going to talk about here. So, uh, I mean, without further ado, buddy, if, if you want to uh, start us off here with who you have at number five, uh, post regular season, early edge rankings, if you will, who you got here at five. So I will fly up the disclaimer now, and I know it'll still be in the comments. I get people miss things. I didn't purposely did not watch and write up Lucas Van Ness from Iowa because as Trevor and I are sitting here recording the show, it is very undecided if he's going to declare. And we put a lot of resources into each of these scouting reports. So I will wait until he makes that decision to go down that road. But I am well aware uh, he is a highly regarded player if he opts to enter this draft. So knowing that, number five for me, Trevor, huge riser compared to Summer, where I just didn't view him as a top five guy, uh, probably just missed, honestly. Man, I, I love B.J. Ojolari. I love him. I, I, I just, you, I know what he is, right? And do I think he's a star or going to be an NFL star, I, I'm not even there. I think when I look at Ojolari, he can rush the passer. He's got leadership traits. He's got work ethic. He's got a pass rush plan. He's got burst. I don't think he's an NFL run defender right now. Um, I don't think he's going to be for every kind of NFL team at this very moment, but he could definitely grow into that player. But, I mean, here's the scoop on Ojolari for me from what I saw uh, watching him 6'3, 249. He's a team captain. I thought his mm-hmm. best trait was speed rush ability. I thought his trait that needs the most work is just his overall power in his game. Awarded the number 18 at LSU for displaying high character, both on and off the field. Team leader. He this year had five and a half sacks, 14 quarterback hits, and 26 hurries. And that was a 17.7% pass rush win rate. Stand-up rusher with burst and agility can dip his shoulder and turn the corner to win the outside. Uh, he got quite a few tackles with that ghost move, where yep. they don't even they shoot their hands and you duck right under them, and it's like they're gone. Uh, a couple more things on Ojolari: counter stalemates with the spin move. Whenever he gets locked into a stalemate, he understands how to spin into the pocket. He beat George's Broderick Jones quite a few times in the SEC championship, and. Something I value, I I put a lot of weight on athleticism with edge rushers, but I also put a lot of weight on matchups. And you will hear that in this show quite a bit, different matchups. Are you going out there and getting it done versus guys that you're going to see in the NFL? And seeing Ojulari kind of outclass Broderick at times, a player that I really, really like, 
That was impressive to me. I just don't see a ton of power in his pass rush arsenal, and that kind of carries over to his run defense, Trevor. Right. So, and then go Jalari next year um, or this draft will be a second to third round kind of pick, probably second with his pass pass rush traits and character. I think he'll be on the field on passing downs as a rookie while he gets stronger and learns how to uh, be a more consistent, set the edge, tough kind of guy in the trenches. But he's going to get after the quarterback right away for you somewhere. Uh, Connor and I did not discuss our top fives at all whatsoever going into the show. We never like to do that because we want the conversations to be organic. We want the we reactions to be organic. We don't even discuss who we watch. Right. We we really don't. Well, yeah. So we we leave this to be as organic as possible. Um, but I also have our Ojolari. You love five. to see it. So I, look, the, the, the podcast synergy just I want to slow off. down. Cut me off. Leave some for you. Leave some no. meat on the bone. No, I got plenty. You know, like, I, I also want to talk about it from my perspective uh, as well. You brought up a lot of really great points, and I think the first one is something that I always have in my notes uh, is that team captain thing. I have a little um, column in the category because I, I do it all on Google Sheets, and, and, and I have a little column in there. It says, was this player a team captain? Because that matters. You know, yep. that stuff matters. When you can elevate yourself, not just from your play, but also your leadership and whatever style that is, and that gets recognized by coaches and players, that is something that matters towards a scouting report. You, you know, you're going to hear us talk about this so many times on this podcast. You draft people as much as you do players. And especially when it comes to those top 50, first round, really valuable picks. And we don't get nearly as much access to these guys as NFL teams do. So there's a lot of moving up and down the board sometimes with players where you go, man, like, I I mean, this guy showed some potential, but I mean, the NFL is going to draft him in the first round. The NFL is going to draft him top 50. Like, I just don't see that. A big portion of that might be what they are hearing, what they are learning about these players when they're able to sit down with them, get to know them, all that. So that is one of those little ways, and we don't get many, but seeing that recognition as a team captain is sometimes a little bit of a hint into guys that the NFL might really like, um, guys that you would really want on your football team. You mentioned the number 18. He's wearing number 18, which is a special number for a defensive player at LSU. Um, I found this quote from Brian Kelly who's new, obviously, his first-year head coach there, but he understands the significance of that number. So, quote, the number 18 is the player who brings all of those traits of someone who is a leader in extraordinary manner. The attention to detail, great focus, representation of the program, all in a positive way in the classroom, in the community, on the field. His teammates, coaches, and the entire staff believe that B.J. Ojulari embodies what the number 18 represents. He carries our traits of excellence with him every day on and off the field. It's going to matter, people. If if you like Bojolari's tape, which I do, I know Connor does as well for him being at number five, that's something that's going to matter a lot. So that's something that definitely makes me feel like Ojolari um, is is a good candidate to be a first-round pass rusher in this class. I'll, I'll get to a little bit of the tape because you mentioned some of the PFF stats that I would have rattled off, but um, certainly an athletic dude. Uh, good athletic baseline for explosiveness, quickness, hands, change of direction, everything, man. He just feels like a very overall good athlete and i think that that's the first thing that you notice um he's decently flexible you know when he wants to attack the outside shoulder when he's trying to turn the corner when he's changing direction love that about his game i also love how fast the hands are you know i mentioned it right there but just the emphasis of how quickly he'll chop how quickly he'll swipe how quickly he can hit a swim move on you whatever it is man those those hands they move really fast the biggest weakness 
that I think is in his game. You mentioned him hitting a spin move, and I I watched him hit a spin move a couple of times when I was watching his tape, but he doesn't do it nearly enough. For a a player who is, and I have this in my little summary of him, I think he's a speed rush specialist. That's what I think he is right now. That's clearly his bread and butter. That's his strength. That's where he wins. For someone who makes a living attacking the outside shoulder, getting up the arc, bursting out of the snap, trying to get around the edge as often as he does, man, you throw... You throw an inside move in there every now and then, you get a little inside counter. You start to make those offensive tackles, even the best ones, like you mentioned with him going up against Broderick Jones, even the best ones, if you get them to hesitate a little bit, he's so fast up the arc. He's all of a sudden going to become this guy who you don't just have to play in third and long situations. Like That's a guy who can get after the pocket, get after the passer in a variety of different ways, even if strength isn't the biggest strength, full pun intended, to his game. You can do that if you can set up offensive tackles in a way where you make them vulnerable, no matter what the down and distance situation is. So that's something that I really hope that he could get is um, more reliance on an inside counter move because I think it's going to help his pass rush profile a lot. The other thing I really want to see him hone hone in on is he falls steps a lot. And I I don't know. I, I, I think I noticed this and I'd be curious to see if, you know, other people notice it or anything. He seems very right leg dominant, and his right leg is almost never the front leg when he is pass rushing. It's almost always the back leg, and he will fall step with the front leg, and he will just kind of lift it off the ground and then power off the back leg. It's not the worst thing in the world, but if he would switch up his stance, if he's more comfortable doing so, and if he would just fire off that front foot and it's his right foot, man, that's all of a sudden a fraction of an advantage that you get on an offensive tackle and this dude's athletic enough to where that could be all the difference in the world that could be the difference of you getting a clean rip you getting a clean um dip around uh, around the outside shoulder being able to get underneath him whatever it is i i it it seems like it's just a it seems like it's just a false step thing that i don't even know if he's he's worked on or anything or you know i can't i'm, I'm not going to pretend to be a pass rush coach but I've watched plenty of pass rush clinics to obviously become a better scout. And I feel like if he gets to the NFL level and he can adjust that a little bit, whether it's moving his right foot up to the front foot or even the way it is now, just powering off whatever is his front foot. I think he could be even faster than he is now. And I already think he's impactful as a speed rusher. So that was overall my thoughts on him. I think the athleticism and the speed rush profile alone uh, probably gets you into the back end of the first round, but the leadership qualities and even the areas where I could see his game improve and he could even take it to another level makes me feel pretty comfortable about him being a back end of the first round guy. So that's what I think about Jolari. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets there. Um, I corrected myself when I said second to third before and was quickly like he's going in the second. Here's the thing, Trevor. He is a projectable player too to get better, as you just pointed out. He will not turn 21 until the month of the draft. So, yeah, that's alluring. That is alluring in a pass rush class that while is very good, is a little older in some areas. Surprisingly, he's not one of those guys. He is 20. He's not turning 21 until April. And you pointed out some technical aspects that could lead to more explosive nature off the ball. I pointed out that I think he lacks some power. Well, guess what? 20-year-olds are a lot stronger when they're 24. It's a big growth area. So 
This podcast is obviously very high on Ojulari. I think I love disease, love disease. Think BJ is a totally different kind of player, but the Ojulari family, I will carry that flag for both of these pass rushers. And uh, some of his pass rushing run reminded me a little bit of Josh Uche, the style, uh, the body type. They have very similar bodies. I think oh, BJ is going to come in under 6'3". I know Uche was a little under 6'2". They weigh the same. There's definitely some comparisons there. Um, that's not my final comp I've landed on, but definitely some shades of. I'm looking at the mock draftable. Um, yeah, he's he's taller, and I think he's got, well, Uche's got. Uche's Uche, got long arms for a He did have guy. long arms. Yeah, he had 33 and 5'8". That's 90th percentile for. Oh, I got him at there. This is going linebacker here. Hold on. Let me see him versus edge rushers. If we did edge, it's about 50th percentile, but he's yeah, 33 he was, is usually the threshold. Yeah. Right. Well, for sure that you would want as a pass rusher. Definitely. And I think that Ojalari is going to hit that. You know, I, 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 I do think the back end of the first round is, is realistic for BJ, but you know, his brother Aziz went second round. Um, Josh Uche went second round. I mean, I still think, Top 50 is a more safe thing to say mm-hmm. with BJ Ojolari because you're getting the the front part of the second round in there. But uh, I really do. I think that that's his range. There's a lot of things to like. Um, you mentioned some of his experience. He has started 24 out of 34 games in his three years at LSU. And you might say, oh, hold on. That's a, that's a decent gap. Like there was a lot of games where he wasn't starting. Well, he didn't redshirt. So his, his, his true freshman season, he was playing – in all 10 games, he just didn't start um, most of them. He only started one of those games. So they felt the need to get this guy on the football field that they didn't want to redshirt him. So I just want to put that into context as well, that that they felt like this guy was good enough um, that they wanted to get them him some experience right away. So uh, it, to, if to, I asked you yeah. how long Micah Parsons' arms are, what would you say? In my head, I don't think Micah Parsons' arms are that long. What are they? 31 and a half. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think so. I'm like picturing Micah Parsons and I feel like his wrists don't really go that far past his waist. It's just funny to me. I, I do value arm length. Uh-huh. I really do. But arguably the guy that's gonna win defensive player of the year has 31 I mean, and a half inch arms. Nick Bosa's are 33. I mean, it's good, but once it's just funny to me how much time we spend on it. And you look at the two that are at the top of de- defensive player of the year. When you are that damn athletic, yeah. it doesn't really doesn't matter matter that much. <laughs> Micah Parsons ran a four three six. Nuts. Stupid. 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 You want to do number word. four since I kicked off number five? Before we do before we do steak, number I guess. Before we do number four, can we actually do number six? Can I ask you who would be next? Do you have who's next, or do you mm-hmm. have them just in a? Do you have them just in a long? Yeah, I didn't do it. We and you were discussing. We didn't really do the concrete top ten, but I did. I thought a lot of guys are worthy of five. Mm-hmm. The toughest one, totally different player, Keon White from Georgia Tech. Oh, I didn't get to watch him. Yeah, you're gonna like him a lot, and you're gonna get to see him at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, right. So there were a handful of Senior Bowl guys that I was like, okay, if I don't get to them. I know I'm going to get to them before the senior bowl. So I would literally That's what the pros least... do. You kick those cans down the road. Cause it's, it. it's better to watch them the two weeks leading up and then watch them at practice. And then you're done. They call me the new Orleans saints of scouting, baby. I'm just kicking it down the road. That's what I'm doing. Uh, okay. So, oh, all right. no, so, you liked, so, you, so you liked him though. Liked him a lot. 
Uh, I really liked his floor with White. It was funny to me because you get into this combo of like Nolan Smith has a higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. Nolan Smith was in contention for number five. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other couple other guys, but we'll do them after the show. Yeah, Keon White. Uh, he great size, great size. I mean, he's going to play around two eighty five. He's going to test really well. Damn, he's two eighty five. He's a big boy. That yeah. is thick. And he can he plays quick. I've seen him run down the field on wheel Love routes. That. Love that. Um, he's got a really, really good skill set. So Keon okay. White's going to be a big-time riser. He transferred from Tech from Old Dominion. He missed the first eight games in 2021 from an offseason, from a spring injury, and then he got his full season this year with Tech. And seven and a half sacks, four quarterback hits, 29 hurries. Pass rush win rate was 19.5%. Uh, they move him around a lot of alignments all the way from five Tech all the way out to nine. Mm-hmm. So for a, a heavier guy, he does play wide at times. Moves very well, very active, very strong at the point of attack against the run. He's a really good run defender. Uh, and get this last one, Trevor. He moved from tight end to defensive end in 2019. So the best is ahead for Keon White. Damn. I love that, too. I love when guys play both sides of the ball. No yeah. matter what positions, it's always such a great experience. What about um, you? Number six. N- number six for me was Byron Young, the edge rusher from Tennessee. The one guy um, of yours that I did not watch. So, I mean, Byron Young, I talked about him a little bit when we went through summer scouting. Yeah, his story is very interesting. He played high school football um, for a little bit, did not have any offers coming out of high school, uh, was in the class of 2017, and that's going to matter because he's an older prospect. It just basically was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, football is not really for me. I'm done after high school. He was working at a Dollar General when there was a flyer that somebody put up for football tryouts at Georgia Military Academy. And he tried out for it, and he made the team. And a year later, he was the number 10 Juco player in the country. And you watch him now at Tennessee over the last two years, and you go, how did this guy Mm -hmm. slip through the cracks? We have talked about him. He is twitched the hell up, man. He is, I think he's, I think it's straight up six foot three, 244, 245 pounds. That's what I have him as. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the, he's got nice measurables for an edge rusher, especially given his profile, which is a speed rusher. This man explodes off the line of scrimmage. He has got excellent change of direction. He can really bend and round out a corner. I mean, when we're talking about TE stunts where a tackle is taken on a couple of blocks and they're trying to free it up for the defensive end to be the looper around the middle and just come up the middle uh, to a free A gap. Holy cow, it's the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. When he when that happens and he gets clean, if I'm the quarterback, I'd quit. I'd quit the sport mid-play with how with how much speed he's got coming up the A gap. It's it's Beautiful to watch some of his best plays in that regard. Doesn't play with as much strength as you would want. And for a guy who is obviously brand new to the game, was just playing at uh, Georgia Military Academy just three years ago, he doesn't have a lot of pass rush profile to him. Like, he just doesn't have a lot of moves to go to. And because of that, you know, if the initial burst, if the initial up the arc, the initial rip, whatever it is where he's trying to attack the outside shoulder, if that doesn't work, he doesn't really know how to disengage. Like, he just he, he becomes very neutral as a pass rusher at that point. But the athletic ability is just so obvious. He is so twitched up, man. I, I just, I know that I'm going to be higher on this player than most than most people. Now, I mentioned that he was a part of the 2017 recruiting class. Well, if you can do math, that means that 
He is one of the older guys in this class. I believe he is going to be 25 years old. If not, then he's going to be 24. I don't know the exact 25 on draft day. Yeah, So he'll be 25 on draft day. So I've got him at number six. I see him and BJ Ojolari as very similar players. These are speed rushers who have a lot of athleticism to them. Both could use a little bit more strength in their profile. I think that Ojolari is a little bit more refined in the pass rush ability that he has. He's got more initial moves. He's got better counters, whereas Byron is still learning those things. And, you know, if you're going to draft one of them, you're probably going to want to draft Ojolari because he's four years younger. But that's not to say that I don't think that Byron Young could have a place in the NFL. I really do think that he could. Um, he's got the Seattle Seahawks written all over him. Really written all over him in the second round. That's all I'm saying. Seahawks got two second-round picks. I could see it happening, man. I just, I, I love the athleticism this dude plays with. He's got good, he's got uh, decent strength for run defense too. Although if he gets stronger in his pass rush categories, he'll get stronger um, when holding the line of scrimmage too. So that, that's kind of what I thought with him. I don't see any false, false steps from him. He really knows how to blast off of that front foot, not waste any motion there. And I think that you see that with how much success he's able to have. So it's still all coming together for him, but I had him at number six. I wanted to shout him out there, but um you, you still want me to go to number four? I can start at number four. If you want yeah, to yeah, unless you need a breather here. That was great on, on Byron Young. I'm excited to watch more of him. Um, I know he had some some big weeks during the season. We've talked a little bit about him before, but to fully evaluate him, the old age versus talent versus mm-hmm. backstory debate is going to be it's going to be a good one with him. Uh, my number four is Nolan Smith, the okay. edge rusher from Georgia. Six foot three, 235 pounds. Uh, if you don't know anything about him, he was a five-star recruit, a former number one overall player in the country. Uh, if you go to, I believe it's 247, you know, with their higher guys, they do full write-ups on him and they give him a player comp and uh, they compared him early on to what Khalil Mack can be. And it's funny because Mack, obviously a much bigger bodied player, but a big reason why they compare him to Mack is because Nolan Smith at 235, 240, whatever he's going to end up weighing in out of the combine the man's a house in run defense. And I, you, you would just never think that with him. You no, would look, I agree. You would look at his body type and you would say, okay, this is clearly a twitchy, speedy pass rusher that you're going to put in wide nine alignments in a stand-up position. And he's just going to attack outside shoulders and pass rush specialized situations. He does do that. But then he'll also put him hand in the dirt at five tech sometimes. And he'll go straight up against offensive tackles. You know what the crazy part is, Connor? He'll win. He'll hold the point of attack. He'll he'll get his arms straight up into the chest of offensive tackles, and the second he knows where the running back's going, he will rip them to the side. I cannot believe how strong he is when it comes to engaging with those push-pull techniques or the bull and rip, whatever you want to call them. I mean, he is such a good run defender, and I think for that, he's got a fantastically high high floor to him. Pass rush profile, I think, still needs work um there's just not a ton of production to him pass rush wise when you look at a former number one overall recruit he also missed the last well i mean he's still out and george is still playing so i can't say the last like two or three games he tore his peck that's what i'm trying to say he tore his peck near the end of the year uh only played in eight games because of it for as athletic as he is i think he really knows how to get off the ball he knows really really knows how to get up the arc and challenge that outside shoulder he relies on his athleticism too much. He just, he, there are not a lot of moves 
that he goes after. He, he's, he's an he's, athlete out there. Yeah. And he, is, and he is. And that's really what it comes down to is he needs to be more than just an athlete. And I think that's, that's what we, the question that we were asking of him going into the season after watching him from summer scouting. I know that's what I wanted to see more of a pass rusher rather than an athlete. He was still kind of just an athlete, but it's still fair because George's defensive line has been so stacked over the last two years. He hasn't had a ton of opportunities. You know, there's pure pass rush opportunities. He got more this year, but I, he's he's a rare athlete. It's kind of what I'm trying to say. Rare athlete who has a lot of the tools that you would want. He's just a little too reliant on that, that athleticism. You're probably going to have to put more weight on him in the NFL. That's just the way that it's going to be. But if you do, even if you get him up to just like 245, like I still think you got a damn good player, a guy who knows how to hold the line of scrimmage and somebody who uh, has that overall athleticism that I think become a really, really good pass rusher, even if it's still a speed rusher. So uh, I ended up having Nolan Smith at number four for me. It's hard for me to argue a guy that didn't make my top five, but was in that conversation for number five. There's so much projecting still with Nolan Smith, which is so interesting for a former number one recruit, a senior on a top flight program like Georgia, that ball of clay where everything is there for him to just be a star. And you're right. It's odd how good he is against the run. And even more surprising is how, much he lacks consistency purely rushing the passer. So it's a lot to unpack. Um, obviously, what stinks is in the year we expected Nolan Smith to really just take off, he has the pec injury, which is is brutal for him. So he's somebody that I'm very curious to see where he ultimately ends up for me because there is so much to like about the player. Um, and And I know it sounds like he has a really good reputation as mm-hmm. well. We go back to the character aspect as well. So, I listen, no, I'm not going to fight you to the death on that one. I'll understand why anybody has him in their top five. My number four was somebody that really surprised me. Uh, Tyree Wilson from Texas okay. Tech. Okay. Re- really surprised me. Somebody that I thought I would be lower on and maybe having him as my number four edge is, you know, I don't know, lower, but I know some people really like this guy like they like this guy as a top five kind of pick so when i look at tyree wilson you want to talk about projecting right mm-hmm. senior from texas tech six foot six 275 you hear it right there six foot six his best trait is his length uh i think the thing he needs to work on in his game the most is the lack of polish he is i think my favorite line in my scouting report is he he plays like a bull in a china shop and what that leads to is completely out of control play, but also jaw-dropping power at times. And I posted a couple of clips of him destroying the souls of a Baylor guard and a West Virginia guard. And some of the responses were like, these guys aren't good. And I'm like, I don't know, though. I think this is just the kind of power this guy has. So seven sacks, 10 hits, and 32 hurries with a 21.9% pass rush win rate in 2022. The Big 12 was kind of... Not really a fair matchup for this guy. I would have loved to see him in the SEC but or the Big Ten. Life goes on. Possesses incredible length that creates consistent matchups against any offensive lineman. Trevor, they have him standing up. They have him playing inside, outside. They run him on stunts all the time. Uh, plays with his hand in the dirt as well. I wrote, though, no real pass rush plan. Mm-hmm. But the raw traits still led to production. When he hits quarterbacks, it looks like a car crash. It looks like 
the Matt Milano, Mike White hit from the weekend every single time with Tyree Wilson. They just go flying. They go absolutely flying. Uh, his strides cover an insane amount of ground. When he mm-hmm. plays the outside run, he can get from the middle of the field to the sideline as quick as any edge rusher as I've seen in this class with his length. But the full transparency on him is that if he had more polish, we'd be talking about him versus Will Anderson. And he doesn't. He just doesn't right now. It's it's This is, to me, honestly, I'll say it right now, maybe the biggest boomer bust non-quarterback in the entire draft, Tyree Wilson. There, I would be scared shitless if I took him with a top 10 pick, but I <laughs> understand. I understand why somebody will do it because he has so much raw talent mm-hmm. packed into his body. Uh, he was not in my top five. He's not number six. Um, I have him in number seven. And I I I definitely I definitely hear a lot of the things that you're saying, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with them. You know, when he when he can utilize his length, I mean his length is clearly his biggest asset, right? A couple of those clips that you that, that you posted are obviously him destroying reps, but you know, they're they're against offensive guards. He does the same thing against um tackles just because he is so long i think he's got an over seven foot wingspan which is nuts yeah he's a small forward out there he's massive when when he extends when he remembers i think to extend his arms fully there is nobody really in college football that he went up against that could handle that so if you guys sit there and you think about the physics of what happens when a guy with a seven foot wingspan is pushing you like a sled but his arms are fully extended, you are on your heels. And the way that you counter someone who is bull rushing you is you kind of want to hop your feet. You want to squat down lower and you want to try to reposition yourself. But if you can't get your hands on them at all while they're bull rushing you, that makes that very, very difficult to stay balanced. So you see a lot of really dominant reps from Wilson when he is using his length the way that he should. Okay, I'll, I, look, I, okay, I'll read his strengths and then I'll read his weaknesses because I, I I do have takes on, on Tyree Wilson. Strengths, obviously, wingspan over seven feet. Understands attacking the half man. I do think that this is something that he understands a lot. And and when I say that, I mean, when you pass rush, you want to you split a guy in half, right? Like if you're attacking on the outside, you want to split him in half. You want to attack the outside of him. You know, don't worry too much about the other side of things. Try to attack the half man with your full body. That way you can overpower that side. That way you can get around the edge, whatever it is. He understands attacking the half man with his length, and it makes it very difficult to stay in front of him. Uh, Long arm, obviously very effective when he can hit the chest and lock out. Almost no player is able to regain leverage once he does this. Here are my weaknesses for him. I watched three games of him, and I, I have a feeling that by the end of this draft process, because I've seen so many people mock him in the top five, top 10, that I'm gonna have to just watch all of his games to to see where everybody's getting these kinds of projections. You really need him. to. It's there is he's the projection guy, man. Like there's just no way around it. He could be an all pro in four years. And I don't think I don't think he'll be very impactful year one. Full transparency. I really don't. Um it's the the great hope because there's God, the flashes are crazy. They're they are. crazy. They're I mean they're they they're definitely crazy. Here okay, so here's my here's my weaknesses for him. The Trayvon Walker comps don't hold up. 
I, oh, I, no, I, I don't I, see him like that at all. Anybody who's like anybody who says, well, Tyree Wilson's like Trayvon Walker last year. Don't hold up. No, he's he's not like that. Trayvon Walker. He's not nearly as explosive, not nearly as twitched up, not nearly as flexible as Trayvon was last year. And I even thought Trayvon was, was a projection. Maybe I had Trayvon Walker yeah. as like edge five in that class, right? I know he went number one overall, but I had him at edge five in that class because of the projection that he was. Obviously, Tyree Wilson plays very upright when he's in a two-point stance. I mean, he's huge. So that's that's tough to uh that's tough to to argue against. This is my biggest criticism of him. I don't think he consistently plays violent enough. I I I I just don't think like when he's bracing for contact or when he's going up against offensive tackles, you can point out plays to me mm-hmm. that he that he does play violent. But I'm watching full games of him, and I don't see it for most of the game. Like, I feel like it's soft contact. Like, it's just, he's he is, I did not see violence from him. And when I am looking for players on the line of scrimmage, it is like people say, it is small car crashes every single snap. And I just did not feel like Tyree Wilson played with that kind of intensity, with that kind of violence. I also felt like he was one of the last people out of his stance almost every time. Now yes. he can make up for it because he's got his length and he's a uh, momentum mover. He's a momentum athlete, if you will. But I thought his reaction time was a little bit slow. Getting out of his stance was a little bit slow. And I didn't think that when he finally made contact with these guys that he was that violent. So, I mean, his length is definitely going to be coveted. They simply, God simply did not make many humans like Tyree Wilson. And there's a lot of areas where he can improve. I also think that he has a false step. That's something I noticed that he get cleaned up. So maybe that helps him with pass rush a little bit. But he doesn't really have a plan outside of just being bigger and longer than other people. The long arm's brilliant, but he doesn't have too much outside of that. He's basically winning right now off of being uniquely built. And that gets much more difficult in the NFL when offensive linemen not only get bigger and stronger... Yeah, but smarter. They get very smart as well when you get to the NFL. And I just don't think he's a violent player. I want violent football players on my defensive line. So, man, I just didn't see what Tyree was. I I was wondering how high you were going to have him because I figured that we were going to have this discussion. I'm curious as to what people think. So I'd love to hear you guys' opinions if you've watched him in the chat. But I get the allurement. I wouldn't be picking him top 10. No way. No way would I be picking him top 10, but that's just my opinion. No, I listen. I totally get it. It's how do you give him that with that one off my chest? No, it's, it's, I mean, you hear me talk about him. It's not, I think there's so much risk and so much potential reward and it's going to happen. So it's, oh man, it's tricky. We got a number two. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I say, whoa, number two. Oh, wait, we're at number three. Sorry, I can't do math. Number three uh, for me is Miles Murphy. Mm. So we're going to have the same top three. Wow. That surprises me. That shocks me. All right. That shocks me. It's a great day. Great day, baby. God, we are just (laughs) good. I mean, all right. Let's get Miles Murphy done so we can get to the fun. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. No, Miles Murphy's still fun. Miles Murphy is a great player. And I want to make that very clear. Miles Murphy is going to get a lot of uh, labels as not living up to the production, and I don't really agree with that when you watch his tape. Now, what I what I will say for Miles Murphy, six and a half sacks, seven quarterback hits, 21 hurries this year. 
That's a pass rush win rate of 14.3%. That's not an alarmingly great number, but this is somebody with a pro-ready long arm. I mean, his ability to execute the long arm is going to work against NFL offensive linemen. He has a nice push-pull for his size. For a guy that's 6'5", 275, I think he'll honestly play closer to 280 in the 280s. He can turn the corner a little bit. He's asked to read and react. We've talked about this over the summer. His ability to read and react and contain against the run is excellent. He's a great run defender. I love his effort. I love his hustle. I love his power. Um, He's a very high floor player. Very high floor player. I think Miles Murphy comes in from day one, and he's at least an average starter as a rookie, which is a wild accomplishment for any rookie on the defensive line with a ceiling to grow into much more. So I was a big fan. Uh, really, really big fan. I think that he's maybe one of the safer picks in the draft, depending on what you're asking him to do. But I think he's somebody that can be a big end for you. I think on passing downs, I'd like to see him kick inside and get some chances to rush against between guards and centers mm-hmm. um, or play him at three tech. There's a lot you could do with him, but man, I, I was a big fan of Miles Murphy, Trevor. He's a good player. He's a good player. And you mentioned kind of his, his alignment. I, I see him as a four, three defensive end or a three, four defensive end, you know, something that he's playing anywhere from a four eye technique to, you know, a six or, or something like that, you know, yeah. however you, however you have those numbers uh, lined up when it comes to the uh, tight end being on the line of scrimmage. I think he's playing really anywhere there and you can find a home for him and he'll definitely be comfortable. Um, that body frame, six, five, two seventy five. I mean, it's, it, that's, he carries it very well too. He, he carries mm-hmm. it like somebody that you would want to um, as an edge rusher. You mentioned the long arm. I think the long arm when he hits it very nice. I mean, like it is, it is it is a beauty when he can hit the long arm. I'll get to that in a second because I do think it's a little inconsistent, but definitely if he hones in on that, I feel like that's a go-to pass rush move. The push-pull is fantastic with him because he's got the long arms, he's got the strength to him, he's got the leg drive, so he can immediately knock offensive tackles back and then he can you know discard them one way or the other. He's very good at that. I also watched him hit a club rip a couple of times, you know, ripping past that outside shoulder, which I'd love to see. So he's got a decent pass rush profile to him. This is a former five-star guy from the state of Georgia, number three overall player um, in his recruiting class. I'll note this too. Remember, he's 6'5", 275. We mentioned that. Was on Bruce Feldman's freak list with a 405-pound bench press, a 505-pound deadlift, and a 40-yard dash time clocked in the high four fives. If you're 6'5", 275, and you hit anything in the four fives. I'm going home. I'm locking the door. Yep. I'm hiding behind the couch. It's pretty I'm, awesome. I'm turning off my cell phone. <laughs> um, when you look at his strength, he's explosive for a dude that's his size, which you love to see. I mean, the athletic profile is why he was so high um, of a recruit. Good anchor and run defense. Love that. I think that puts a high floor on him without a doubt. He can even take on doubles when they're coming his way against duo blocks. Um, he, when he really gets into his bull rush, he is very effective, um, especially when he could pair it with that long arm move. And I'll say this hand placement and overall arm technique can be a little inconsistent when he hits that long arm. It's really good, but too often he won't lead with it and he'll give players his chest. And I don't really know why there are a handful of times when I was watching, uh, I think I watched four games of him where, you know, he'd attack the offensive tackle, and it's almost like he's just like going to give him a hug. Like he's just got he's got to get the elbows in, he's got to get the arms out. And if he does that, man, he's just a terror for offensive tackles. But the hand placement's a little inconsistent there. And unfortunately, when he does 
not do that, it negates his biggest strength, which is his size and his athleticism there. Um, even if he's got a really good speed to power move because of uh, how fast he's going at the line of scrimmage weaknesses. He doesn't have a ton of rush moves. I said, I feel like he's inexperienced in that area. Would love to see him develop an inside counter. I don't feel like he hits the inside move too much, but overall, I guess spark notes of the, of, of the player, my little summary here. Powerful player in size and explosiveness, versatile enough to play in a 3-4 or a 4-3. Hand usage, passers, moves, counters, need a good amount of work before he's an effective pro at the next level. Um, but it did get better as the year went on. I wanted to note that. I like watching tape in succession throughout the year to see how much guys got better throughout the year. And I think that he did get better throughout the year. That South Carolina game at the very end of the year felt like his most complete pass rushing game, which was good to see high floor run defender, but a raw pass rusher right now. So I, I liked miles Murphy. You know, this is another guy who I see miles Murphy going in the top five of picks and now watching his film again, getting back to the regular season, I would go, okay, I'd be comfortable with miles Murphy. Like, Eight to fifteen, I'd probably be yeah. most comfortable. I liked him. I didn't love him. The, right. I think. I think he is a good player. I'm almost sure of it. And, and that's not. That's not something we say often. Right. And look, if he if he tests freaking out off the charts, then obviously that's going to go into our profile because that that goes into okay, we are confirming what he can be. But from the film, from me thinking that he's going to get a little bit better in that area as well. I see him as a top half of the first round guy, but he's not a player that I would put in the category of like, okay, it's Jalen Carter, it's Will Anderson, and then like we're getting Miles Murphy and we're cool with it. Like I, I do think that there is a significant teardrop there um, with him, but this is a really good football player, um, and I think he can be a starter in the NFL for a long time. All right, number two. Great day to be a great day. Wait, 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 before we get that, before we hit it. Got to talk to you about our friends. Over at Mojo. What did I say last time? Instead of the Tom Brady line, Brock Purdy. Who am I going to say this time? What if you could have invested in Mike White before the season? If you would have invested in Mike White's individual player stock with Mojo before the season, your investment would be worth $10 billion right now. Unbelievable. You guys could have retired. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not that much. But it is a fun concept. And now it's not a matter of what if, but... It's a matter of who is next because Mojo is the all new sports stock market that lets you invest in your favorite athletes and cash in on your passions. Sign up right now in the Apple app store to get your first stock for free worth potentially. This is real now up to $10,000 because of uh, how much you can go up here. If a player really plays well and you hit it early over 300 players are listed on Mojo. So you get invest in rookies like Drake London, like Garrett Wilson, comeback guys like Saquon Barkley, Geno Smith, superstars like Patrick Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Anybody go along and make your money when an underrated diamond in the rough hits it big, or you can even short sell an overrated rival. If you think they're going to flop prices move with every play, every game, every headline. So you can buy and sell instantly anytime all year long. So that action never stops. Mojo is live in New Jersey right now. So download Mojo in the Apple app store today. Start turning your playmakers into money makers must be 21 years or older to use Mojo and located in the great state of New Jersey to make trades. You got a gambling problem? Help is available at one eight hundred Gambler. Visit Mojo.com for more info. We got two more spots, and I think we got two obvious players that are left for the top five. Connor, I'll give you the honors, my friend. Thank you. It is a great day to be a Great Dane because this player originally comes from the University of Albany and has entered the national spotlight with an incredible season in the ACC 
for Florida State. Jared Verse. Let's go! Let's go, man. Jared Verse is my number two edge rusher in this draft class. I didn't really have a lot of reservations putting him there, to be honest with you. I loved everything I saw from Jared Verse this year, his first year in D1 FBS. Seven and a half sacks, two quarterback hits, and 22 hurries on just 167 pass rush snaps. That is a 23.4% win rate, a alarming number. Love Can that. effectively play standing up or with his hand in the dirt. Powerful hands that jilt offensive tackles. When this man's hands connect, it stuns them. It stuns guys. They're, it looks like a heavyweight fighter coming out of the corner and throwing his hardest hook. And the opposition is just like, where am I right now? Converts speed to power. Mm. Uh, I think he might actually be the best in this draft at converting speed to power, that including Will Anderson. Has read and reactability against the run. Plays with a lot of effort that jumps out when pursuing the ball carrier or quarterback. No play is ever dead for Jared Verse. Couple things in the pass rush arsenal, Trevor. Bull rush, club, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. arm over, spin mm-hmm. move. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude came from Albany and has had one year in the Power Five. One year in the FBS. And he has more polish as a pass rusher than most prospects you'll see. I mean, really. And honestly, I think towards the end of the year, he was he was a little banged up. You can kind of notice totally. it when you're watching the yeah, when you're watching the tape, you could see how banged up he was. If a team drafts the Jared Verse that was ready for the first six weeks of the season, and I know you and I really am excited to hear what you have to say because I know you've spoken with um this this very, very bright young man. I, I think he could be a star in the NFL. I love him. I I would take Jared Verse in the top five over Miles Murphy or Tyree Wilson. And I haven't seen him anywhere in that conversation. I'll say it right now. That Eagles pick owned by the Saints, if the Eagles dream of Will Anderson or Jalen Carter can't happen and they get Jared Verse, and a lot of people react like, man, imagine if they got Will or Jalen Carter. I'm going to look around and go, they are terrifying right now to me. Jared Verse is stud, man. He's a stud. Jared Verse is closer to Will Anderson than the next pass rusher in this class is to Jared Verse. Bullseye. Jared Verse is a lot closer to Will Anderson than uh, than whoever's going to come up next after Jared Verse here sitting at number two. I also have him number two overall, and it's because, I mean, you did such a great job highlighting it. What is not to like? essentially about Jared verse. Now that's not to say that he is a perfect player, right? I saw a little bit of a, a false step with him. Um, I feel like that's something that he could get cleaned up. He's got experience rushing from a two point to three point stance, but I don't love him from a two point stance. I do love him from a three point stance though. He could be a little bit of out of uh, off balance at times. Like sometimes he's playing a little bit too much out the, on the ground or a little bit too out of control. Um, I, I think that all of those things are things that he could get cleaned up. But the background of him, okay, former tight end, split time at tight end and defensive end when he was in high school, played for an offense, didn't really let him shine very much. Uh, a lot of teams wanted him to play tight end, but he really wanted to play defensive end. Ends up going to Albany because Albany said, hey, we'll give you a shot at defensive end. All right, red shirts his first year. That second year was COVID year. They didn't even have a season. 
and where a lot of these guys just went home, relax, whole buddy, Jared verse got to work. Okay. He showed up at Albany. I think when, I think when we talked, he told me he showed up at like six, three, two, 10, two fifteen, And during that COVID year, him and his dad built a home gym and he just ate well, lifted iron. Could have ate, could have, you could have just told me he ate iron and I'd have believed you because when he showed back up at school, he said he was 250. He had gained 40 pounds over that year. And what happened? He was a conference player of the year. He's one of the highest transfer uh, ranked players that you could find, goes to Florida State, and all of this stuff shows up. He's got a track background too. So that explosiveness that you see right out of the gate, that's from sprinting track. He was in a four by four team, I think that, uh, then ended up winning states. He also had a, it was a high jump guy for his athlete, for his uh, explosiveness. And you see this all when he puts the pads and the helmet on. All of this, the background is phenomenal for him. So you got to love where you're coming from in that regard. But you mentioned all the ways that he can win, man. I think he's a true 4 3 defensive end because I love when he gets to put his hand in the dirt. He gets to start low and he just gets to explode off of that front foot. He's got speed to power. He's got a long arm. He's got hand swipes. He's got a swim move. He's got a single and double arm chop to get these offensive linemen's hands off of him. He's got so much, man. It, it is it is so great to see a player that is athletically as gifted as he is, as strong as an ox as he is, and as 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 advanced as he is for not really playing defensive end that long. This is just his second year really playing. He's redshirted his first year, worked out his second year, played as an all-conference player in the FCS, and then he was a standout player in the FBS. There is so much to like um, about Jared Verse. And, and um, man, I just, I'm with you 100%. In this class, even from what I've seen from all positions, I'm very comfortable with this dude in the top 10. He hurt his knee in week four or five of this season. He got rolled up on, or I think his teammate's helmet actually hit his knee, and he was wearing a brace from that point forward in the season. And I do feel like even though he was able to play, even though he was still able to be explosive, as the season went on, you could tell it was affecting him a little bit. So keep that in mind, you guys, as you watch this season that – First four games, I think he was fully healthy. The next, whatever it was, seven games, I think he was, he it, that knee was a little bit banged up, especially as the year went on. But um, so much to love about his game lower body athleticism, the quick hands, the violence that this dude violent. plays with. Violent. violent dude. And like I said, I want violence on my, on my defensive lines, man. That's what I want. Jared Verse, uh, my number two pass rusher in this class, and a guy who I really do think um, could end up going in the top 10 in this, in this draft. We talk about matchups. He saw Syracuse tackle Matthew Bergeron, who will be at the Senior Bowl, very highly regarded. He beat him up real bad when he was on Albany, and then he did it again when Florida State played Syracuse. Mm. Uh, and it, it's just more about verse to me. If you're, if anybody really wants to poke holes and go, oh, "Who is he playing?" Turn on that tape. Turn on that tape. Both games. So. Let this dude be a hand-in-the-dirt pass rusher, and um, he's going to be unreal for you. He's going to be unreal for you. He's the total package. Love it. Which doesn't leave a lot of surprise at number one. I didn't think there was going to be, but number one for both of us is uh, is Will Anderson. So, uh, Connor, after all of the hype, right, because Will Anderson went into this season 
as a potential top three pick, potential number one overall selection. Uh, when you went back to watch his tape from this past year, which a lot of people say is a down year for Anderson compared to what he was able to do the year before, what'd you see? What'd you like? What do you think about him overall as a player? I definitely think because of expectations, he didn't live up to them, and it would have been impossible to do I, so. I agree. I think so. There was a lot of attention his way. I think overall, there was a couple plays he missed that you know maybe changed the advanced stats a little bit. I thought he was really good this year, Trevor. I thought when I watched him as a sophomore, I was like, this guy should be in the NFL today. And I don't think he built on last year. Honestly, I think he just kind of is the same guy, and that's good enough for me to be the number one edge. So Anderson finishes the year with 10 sacks, nine quarterback hits, and 36 hurries. He had a pass rush win rate of 19.3% in 2022. Uh, Keep in mind, he had 17 and a half sacks in 2021. So, you know, sack production can kind of be a little, not fluky, but there's different variables there. He's a torpedo coming downhill on stunts. They love running Will Anderson on stunts, and it's a skill. It's I mean, he, he looks like a torpedo. His timing, his ability to get skinny, uh, just how the kind of athlete he is. He can run the hoop. He's got this really, really good flexibility, I personally think. Elite contact balance. Whenever he's – so this you want to talk about the attention that he had to face this year that maybe he didn't get in 2021. Teams tried to chip him with tight ends or dedicate the running back and pass pro strictly to him because they'd go to the running back, hey, that guy is going to beat our offensive lineman. You need to slide right away in his face. Mm -hmm. Didn't really matter. He's not phased by chipping tight ends. He made running backs look stupid in pass pro. I know people will kind of groan at that and be like, well, he should. But chipping tight ends, you don't feel it or see it. For them to just kind of bounce off you and you're, you're unfazed in your rush, that was impressive to me this year. Uh, he's incredible at creating space for to make easier pa- uh, rush pathways to the quarterback. And what I mean by that is his change of direction, he sets up tackles where his point A to B to the quarterback is the shorter route. I, I don't see Will constantly trying to run wide and come back around and get all these long extended plays. I think he really understands how he can quickly affect the quarterback. He's very smart. He's very instinctive. That's why he lives behind the line of scrimmage against the run. So, I mean, this isn't groundbreaking stuff. Will Anderson is exactly who we thought he was coming out of summer, and I liked this year's tape, and I still think he's worthy of being the first player drafted overall in this in this draft class. Yep, I, I agree. Will Anderson um, has such an impressive, I think, overall resume to him, right? Yeah, I, something that I track it is not just um, captainship, if that's a word, which, by the way, Will Anderson was a captain two years in a row. They voted him as a captain as a sophomore a, very and, impressive. and as a junior. He's also, I believe, started all 40 of the 40 games that he has played in at Alabama. They started him year one, game one, as a true freshman. And he ended up leading the uh, the nation for freshmen in, uh, in sacks and tackles for loss. So... This dude's got 40 games played, 40 starts, which is unbelievably impressive. Tells you how talented he is, that he was able to get on the field and start for Alabama. For Alabama, the team that is never short of defensive line talent, five-star talent, whatever it is. 
Will Anderson was still able to stand out in that regard. Um, six foot four, 245 pounds, a little bit lighter of a, of a rusher. And I do think that that shows up a little bit less so in run defense, more so in tackling actually, because he had a handful of missed tackles this year. I believe he had eight missed tackles, which was, let me look here. Eight missed tackles was tied for 13th worst for edge rushers in the FBS. So that was uh, a a high amount of missed tackles this year. And I think that that's what um, people would point to is the uh, lack of ability to finish that he had this year. Didn't really have that problem last year. But um, when people just bring up strength concerns with Will Anderson, just realize that when Will Anderson has the ability to get off the line of scrimmage, to stack you, to get into your chest, he can still control people. There is a specific clip that I remember from the Arkansas game where this Arkansas offensive tackle basically has 80 pounds on Will Anderson. And Will, coming from a three-point stance, maintains leverage, fires into this dude's chest, extends his arm a little bit, sees where the running back is going, and just rips this dude to the side. And I go, okay, that's not a strength concern. Like you like clearly when Will Anderson is disciplined and he is following his fundamentals, which he does a lot, the strength is there. He knows how to manufacture that strength using really great leverage, using really great hand placement, really great technique. So all of that still exists with him. Now, if he's taking contact in a way that he's not expecting, Sure, he's going to get bounced a little bit because he's 245 pounds. And like when it comes to tackling, you know, you're not always able to square guys up and get your full body into it. That's when you really see that lighter weight show up. But I just want to say that he's got a lot less strength concerns than you would think for a guy who's 245 uh, because of how technically sound he is. I will say this too. He's got more of a false step than I thought that I was going to see. Will has been so productive as a pass rusher, especially as an athlete. I was like, oh, okay, this guy's going to be really refined. I know he's very disciplined in a lot of other areas, but it's the same thing as some of these other pass rushers in this in this class where he is firing off of that back foot, not the front foot, and he's lifting that front foot at the snap. And it's like, well, damn, this guy's good enough of an athlete where if you kind of fix that a little bit, if you, again, give Will Anderson that little bit more of an advantage, I think that he's going to be even better at the next level. So I think that that's something just to look out for. But he has everything that you would want in a, I'll say, more of a speed rusher, right? Because he, I mean, he's not 265. He's not 270. He's not like this big, strong base defensive end. He's got a narrow waist, actually. He's a pass rusher, right? He's a, he's a skinnier, slender pass rusher, but he's so damn athletic. When Will Anderson puts his foot in the ground, especially when it's in pursuit, I mean, he is on his horse, and he will catch basically any quarterback, any running back out of the backfield. He takes that into his pass rush profile. Not as many pass rush moves as I thought. Now, it's not as – well, I I almost said bad. I don't want to say bad. It's not as stark as it was for Nolan Smith, where I thought Nolan Smith is purely just living off athleticism. But I will say that I thought I'd see a little bit more in the pass rush plan, pass rush profile from Will Anderson, and where he does give you a handful of different moves. There aren't a ton in there. He he honestly relies on his athleticism, his bull rush, his speed to power especially. He's a monster with speed to power. But he relies on that a lot more than he does the moves. So the moves I think will be coming in the NFL as well. But overall, man, I agree with a lot of the things that you said. Expectations were uh, unrealistic at the beginning of this year. This is still a phenomenal player. This is the type of player, 
type of person too, I would say from everything that we know about him that you take with a top five overall pick, you don't blink. You don't blink twice. You don't think twice about it. So that's what I think Will Anderson is. Yeah, he, he's a better he's a better edge rusher than any of the guys last year. And we really liked Kayvon Thibodeau and liked Aiden Hutchinson and uh, Jermaine Johnson and on and on. But he, he's just in a different class, right? He's just in a totally different class. He's, you know, much closer to the Bosa... Chase Young. I'm not saying he's those guys from a traits perspective or skill, you know, outlook, but just at the level of prospect he is. Will Anderson's really, really good. And I know this podcast won't just be getting bored with Will Anderson being the guy. It's no, just call it like we see it. He's can't. there. Trevor, before we get out of here, you want to just go over a couple of names really quickly that are on the outside looking in, but maybe guys that were really excited about their process and, and think they're really good players as well. Sure. Uh, two guys that I will mention um, that are kind of towards the end of my list. I already mentioned Tyree Wilson being seven for me, so I won't mention him again. I looked, I got Felix on a DK Azuma, uh, yep. somebody who I liked coming into the season. I have him as edge eight right now. I'm, I'm wondering if he ends up getting a little bit lower for me. I, I wonder if he's, I, I actually got to think that he's probably going to be outside of my top 10 because I have I like, my edge 11 right now. I, I liked him more in the summer than I did this year. Now, he did not have as good of a year this year. He's still kind of your classic, like, let me get his measurables right. He is uh, Google Sheets, sorry. Six foot four, 255 pounds. So he's like a true 4-3 defensive end. He's a power player. He can bend a little bit, right? He's got the yeah. burst and bend, and that's a, that's a unique combo for a player who I think is as strong as him. Thing that bothers me about his game after rewatching him this year, he's on the ground a lot, man. He's out of control. I mean, he's just off balance way too much, and he's playing on the ground way too much. It's like, ugh, okay, this wasn't just like a couple of one-off things. Like, this is honestly a bad habit now. So didn't like that part about his game, but there are some athletic traits to like. The other guy that I wanted to make sure that I brought up is somebody that we talked about during summer scouting, Andre Carter from Army. Yep. I, I don't really know what to do with him. Because Army mainly plays him in this angled wide nine alignment where he does not have to bend the pocket at all. He doesn't have to go up the arc at all. They just put him so far to the left or right of the line of scrimmage. They angle him. So essentially, he just becomes a straight line sprinter to where the quarterback is going to drop back to in a three or five step drop. And it works. How often are you going to be able to do that in the league? I don't know. It's, and, not, and, it's not real. And there are, you know, there are there are snaps of him playing a little bit closer, playing as a five technique guy. Sometimes I've seen him play as a four eye. They'll do that when uh, they're close to the goal line or it's a short yardage situation. So I know that he has the ability to do it. And, and I like the hands. I think the hands are fast. I think he's a smart rusher. But his whole pass rush profile is just so streamlined to something that is oddly specific to college football. You just can't get away with that in the NFL. And so I do still like him because he's six foot seven. He's got a unique build to him, but you know, he's a high-waisted pass rusher. He's not going to win with leverage at all. He'll win with length. Sure. But he's not going to win with leverage. And if you're not going to be very successful with leverage and you don't have a lot of flexibility and bend to you, how effective are you going to be if you're like a full-time five technique guy that you're going to play as a stand-up player, even a little bit further outside of that? I'm not, I'm not too sure. So I actually like the athleticism of Andre Carter. I just don't know what to do with his skill set right now. So he's sitting at number nine for me. 
Yeah, I'm trying to figure that one out as well. Weird season for Andre Carter. He had four sacks, and three of them were against UTSA in week two. Um, so he had some long stretches of, you know, generating some pressure here and there, but in the mold how Trevor just described it, where while you get credit for the hurries, it's like, is this translatable to the NFL level? So I like him too, but I, I'm still not really sure where he'll land. Right now I had him as edge 10 ahead of Felix Anadike Uzama. Yeah, so okay. And then a couple of guys ahead of them, Derek Hall did some really good things this year from Auburn, Zach Harrison from Ohio State, who completely kicked the crap out of Jalen Duncan in the Maryland game, who's a highly regarded tackle. Yeah, uh, He got him twice at the end of the game. Nolan Smith, Keon White, who I talked about as well. I did not finish reports on guys like Lucas Van Ness, like I said, because I want to see if he declares. Mm -hmm. I have to watch Mike Morris. I have to watch more Byron Young. And I really need to watch Will McDonald. I When we started taping this show, or we're about to sit down and tape the show, I was wondering about his declaration, but I realized that he is 23, I believe, so I'm assuming he's going to enter the draft. Um, and then Isaiah Foskey is another guy that I have you know, right in that Anudike Uzama territory as well. So this class is deep. This class is really, really deep, and there's a lot of work left to be done. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of edge rushers selected between rounds, I'll say. I'll just say two and four. Like, those three rounds, I think, are going to be littered with pass rushers. There's going to be a lot of edge players that are going to go within there. Um, Really, the question's going to be, and I think the big question mark around all-star week and the combine and pro days and everything is who goes round one, right? Who gets elevated enough to that point? Because edge rusher is a premium position. And though it doesn't come with the draft tax that a quarterback does, we know the teams, if you need pass rushers, you're you're probably going to overdraft one to go take a chance on one. You might like the same thing goes for offensive tackles. And this is just one of those positions. So we know that there's going to be a decent amount of edge rushers that do go in the first round, whether we have that many first round grades on guys or not, it's just, who do we think those guys are going to be? So that's what we think here on this podcast. Those are my five. Those are Connor's five. Um, I guess I'll recap mine really quick. Number five for edge rushers. I had LSU's BJ Ojulari. Um, I had Nolan Smith at number four. From Georgia, I had Miles Murphy from Clemson at number three, Jared Verse uh, from Florida State at number two, and Will Anderson from Alabama at number one. Um, who did you have at four? I can't remember. I was just about to. Well, I'll let you. I'll Tyree let you Wilson. Say, I'll let you say it. I'll let you say it. Go ahead. Five, BJ Ojolari for me. Four, Tyree Wilson. Three, Miles Murphy. Two, Jared Verse. One, Will Anderson. So that's what we have. Those are our top fives. You let us know who your top fives are. If you guys have gotten into this edge rush class you don't even have to have a top five you can just hit us up and tell us a guy that you like a guy that you don't like basically any thoughts that you've got on this group we would love to hear him hit us up on twitter at tampa bay trey at connor j rogers you can hit us up on instagram as well as well as if you're watching this video on youtube of course we're reading all the comments that you guys have on the youtube channel as well that's a great way to connect with us too uh anything else you got before we get out of here connor Man, I think that sums it up pretty well. We will be on a um, three-week, three-episode schedule next week leading mm-hmm. up to Christmas week. Want to make sure everybody knows that. There will not be a amount of episode change, and we'll figure out where we're going as well. This is kind of going to be our staple here because it's that time of year where we're laying out the foundation that if you listen to this show, you'll you'll know – the top 150 prospects in the draft, you know, soon enough, which is pretty cool. Our goal 
is to update the NFLSE big board before Shrine Week slash Senior Bowl Week because they're basically like the same weeks going into each other. That's what we want to do. Which is just great for everyone. I just want to, you know, say. I really, it's really good stuff. It's not, I mean, they're... They're not. They're down the road from each other, so it's not a problem at all. Yeah, Vegas and Mobile. They're right yeah. there. I, I made mean, that drive just, in my sleep. It's just a stone's throw. Yeah, no, of course. So I, just had, to, I had to do it. <laughs> uh, so on Thursdays, moving forward, uh, we might throw some, you know, mailbags in there to make sure that we can catch up with all the the speakpipe voicemails that you guys have. But yes, uh, we're gonna try to get to as many of these position ranking updates as we can before we get to the big big board update. I'm not sure if the math works out where we have enough weeks to get to every single position, but we're going to get to a lot of the important ones. And if we miss a couple, then, um, you know, we'll make up for it with our thoughts whenever we update the big board, but uh, that's kind of the plan uh, moving forward. So that means the next time we talk to you, it's going to be what matters most. It's going to be a Monday episode. Um, We'll get to update the draft order on the Wednesday episode. And then uh, we will have another prospect ranking positional update episode for you guys next Thursday. We'll keep the suspense. We'll keep it a mystery, a little bit of a thriller. Keep you guys coming back. What position are they going to do next? Going to have to find out next time on the next episode of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sigma. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys on Monday. 